It is That's Lit with me, Shazzy D, here on Triple H 100.1 FM. And joining me in the studio is a very special guest, Xavier Mulenga. Xavier, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. It is good to have you here. Now, Xavier, tell us, what what is it that you do? What is your background? What is my background? So I'm a psychiatry registrar, which ultimately means I'm a doctor trained to become a psychiatrist. Okay. So what got you into wanting to pursue psychiatry? I think I've just always been very curious. Psychiatry is always about asking lots of questions, unraveling what's going on for people. And I didn't know it at the time, but I had an uncle who trained in psychiatry when I was a kid. And I always wonder if those things and lots of mental health in the family. So I think that in the back of my mind, when I did go to med school, I always knew that's what I wanted to do. But when I came out, what fit my personality? And I thought psychiatry, I like talking to people, figure out what the issues are. And it's very long term, trying to work with them in a partnership to get them better. So, yeah, I just gravitated towards that and been doing it since 2014. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's a long time now. It's a long time, but yeah, but good time because yeah, it's yeah, something no, that you enjoy doing. Yeah? Yes, definitely. Every yeah. day, love going to work. Oh, fantastic. And is it also kind of that element of, you know, understanding how, I guess, the brain works or the mind works? Does that uh, play into that as well? Oh, yeah, all the time. So initially when you're reading the books, it's all about the anatomy and actual brain functions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then it becomes the personality. So someone who... If two, no two people are the same with a mental illness, so you have two people present with depression, and one, based on their personality, is more receptive to treatment, is more on board, and that person is just maybe like very negative, they're like, oh, this never helps. So you have to try and work with personality and their mental illness and try and continue the relationship long term to get them better. Okay. So it's quite a lot lots of things. Lots of like layers, lots of elements oh, that, yeah. that, that play Tons. into it. Okay. And so what I specifically wanted to talk a lot about today, today is a lot about therapy. Because that is something, even I myself don't really know much about it. And I thought maybe we could kind of break down some of the main kind of types of therapy. Oh, yeah. In terms of, you know, mental health is a broader topic. But yeah, if you can kind of break down some of the key key types. Okay. So I was going to say like therapy, first off, before we're just talking what therapy is, essentially what we call um, sort of a talking intervention. But everyone in the here that they think it's very passive. It's like you're going to someone who's going to give you advice and tell you things about your mental illness and get you better. In a way, yes, but usually it involves you and a therapist either one-on-one or in a group and what you're trying to do is sitting down and working together to try and get you thinking probably in a way that to help you get through whatever's going on in your life so the common most common types are you know cbt which is also known as cognitive behavioral therapy so a lot of people i think they see the word around not sure what that means and it's also like i think supportive therapy is the one that most people know so okay. especially in the community when you say supportive therapy everyone thinks counseling like you go see a counselor mm-hmm. And they're sort of just giving you, um, I guess support therapy is what it sounds like. They're sort of supporting you, um, uh, giving you sort of like accentuating your positives. Uh-huh. So let's say you're going through a difficult marriage situation. You come in and they say like, oh, no, you've done this. You know, you've achieved this. And they're trying to pick you up and move you on and try and give you very positive coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think most people know as what therapy sounds like. Mm-hmm. So most people, they come to me and say, oh, I need therapy for anxiety. And they go see a counselor. I'm like, oh, that might be the wrong type of therapy for what you're going for and that's mm. probably miscon- another mi- problem that happens yeah 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 um going to cognitive behavior therapy because that's the probably the most common okay if you're ever gonna google therapy cbt cognitive behavior therapy will come up quite a lot mm-hmm. and what it pretty much means if you break down the word is cognitive the way you think mm-hmm. and your behaviors mm-hmm. so over time you've discovered that the way you actually think about things and situations mm-hmm. affects the type of behaviors you have and then 
ultimately you go into this cycle. And usually they're trying to help you break out of a negative cycle. Okay. Yeah. So, so can you give maybe like an example? So say, uh, is it like a thinking process that maybe you're not good enough, I guess, and then mm-hmm. that'll trigger a kind of behavior? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, let's break it down. So let's yeah. say you've got... Uh, low self-esteem or you've got social anxiety when you give presentations you know it comes from the fact that you think oh, I'm not charismatic enough I can't give presentations I stutter and then that sort of negative thinking mm-hmm. then starts making you more uh, you, you don't prepare for your presentation you hide away from the work mm-hmm. which invariably bring you more stress you're mm-hmm. ill-prepared you go and do the presentation because you're not as prepared as you could have been you don't do as well and of course then you sort of self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. I'm like oh I'm crap of course look at this I'm mm-hmm. Of course, then yeah. then you start telling yourself that, and then mm. it's a cycle, as you were just saying. Exactly, like it, it continues. Okay, so that so that CBT, that therapy, is to break you out of that thinking and the resulting behaviors. Yeah, right. and there are many different techniques, like too many for radio. But what <laughs> yeah. they usually do is they normally do a few when they first meet you. Do a basic assessment and try and figure out who you are, what the problem, what you think the problem is. Mm-hmm. And what the problem might actually be. Oh, that's yeah. a difference. Yeah, exactly. And that's why people, I think, hate therapy. Because mm. they come and say, you know what? I just, I'm just here to work on my anxiety. Okay. But then what you might uncover behind that is like this trauma. Mm. You know, and that's something that's more difficult to talk about. It's easier to say, oh, I'm an anxious person. Let's work on this. Mm-hmm. When someone would have maybe had some really domestic violence in the house, mm. really you know, physical abuse. And then that's actually what's the real, lots of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the root cause, I guess, is the... Yes, yes, that's perfect. Yeah, root cause. Hey, (laughs) shout out to younger me who took bio that one time. (laughs) (laughs) Shazzy D, your therapist? Yes, I'm a therapist now. So if I'm, ask me, ask me anything. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like love jockey here. Dear, dear, Dr. Love, can you please call in? Oh, yes, I broke up with my uh, significant other. And uh, yes, I'll give you all the answers. And it'll all begin with music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a good start. Oh, yeah. Yes. You heard it here first, guys. I'm <laughs> almost qualified. Mm. Um, so, okay. So there's many different types of therapy. So yeah. if, you know, depending on, I guess, what it is that yes. you may have, mm-hmm. um, what are some of, I guess, the misconceptions? So I, in my head... Mm-hmm. When I think therapy, I'm thinking, there's a couch, someone's talking to me. Yep. It, is that a misconception? It's, it's, uh, no, that's a type of therapy, but okay. usually it's not the type of therapy that most people end up going to. Okay. So, like, you know, all the movies I watched. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's sort of like usually the, the couch thing is this what we call psychoanalytic therapy, where it's some guy having a midlife crisis lying down on the couch and the therapist is sitting in behind him just saying nothing and writing notes. And he's mm-hmm. saying, Oh, d- you know, Doc, I don't know why my wife doesn't love me no more. I think my employees are talking behind my back. So, that's what most people see on TV, whether mm. it's the Seinfields mm. or. Something. And how does that make you feel? And how yeah. does that make you feel? Exactly. You know, we don't even say that as much. I mean, what? What? No, no, seriously. We, just, we, we, we do say it occasionally, but more in the present. Like, how are you feeling now? Tell okay. me about what emotion you're going through right now. So you're trying to process the actual emotions people are linking with, their stress or whatever acute uh, symptoms they've come to the therapy session for. Um, other misconceptions is that many people think you're going to get addicted to therapy, we're going to take all your money, and it's long-term. Mm-hmm. Whereas in most therapies, actually, can go anywhere from six sessions to 24. Okay. You know, So it's not always as long as people think it is. Mm-hmm. But what I do tell people is that sometimes you have to understand that the reasons what got you to therapy probably occurred over many years. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to come to therapy and say, like, I want to be well in a month, 
you're asking a lot from the therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing, the misconception is I think the therapist actually gives advice. Mm-hmm. He's going to come and actually give them the answer to their problem directly. And I think that's one of the biggest ones because someone will come in and say, oh, teach me how to not be anxious anymore. And then the therapist like could ask these other questions and say, oh, actually, let's talk about this thing. And like, no, no, give me an answer. You know, okay. we're, we're not seen to be very transparent. It's always, um, let's let's talk about this thing. Give me an example. And it sounds very abstract, off topic. And because it's not so direct, people get frustrated with therapy. Okay, because it seems like, well, just give me the answer now. Like we're in such a culture where we just want everything instantly. Oh, 100%. So, you know, li- having someone ask, you questions indirectly would kind of seem like where are we going with this oh is, yeah is that yes and it's worse i don't it's, it's worse if you don't know i think most people don't know much about mental health so that's mm-hmm. even like your average australian let alone like you know i've, I've got lots of african australian friends and our knowledge base is very very little mm-hmm. and that means that stigma and things like that can grow when there's mm-hmm. so almost like when there's ignorance there's more chance for all these rumors to go and say, most people say therapy is only for, you know, white people or mm-hmm. things like that. I hear that a lot from my friends, you know. Mm-hmm. I say like, oh, isn't that, would work for me as well? And I say, yes, it will, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's kind of hard to get people believing that it will actually work for them. And the outcomes are usually very, quite positive if you engage in the process. Mm-hmm. But you have to get someone to the door. Yeah. So that's the tricky one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing. And so, you know, breaking down that stigma, that must be, you know, a challenge in itself because it's like therapy is a resource itself. Yes, it is. But like you were saying, you have to get them through the door. Mm. Um, Is there a way? How do you think we can start to get people to that door? Okay, yeah. And that's something I'm really passionate about. I think it's just talking about it more Mm -hmm. in actually big spaces. So a couple of months ago, I did this, what we call a men's mental health discussion. Uh This is through the APA, the African Australian Professionals Association. (laughs) APA, I think you had Ken here before. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, 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 it was really great. Yeah, fellow countrymen. Yes, (laughs) from Uganda. Shout out. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing big things, everyone. (laughs) So what happened is we decided to have a discussion with as African men, so I guess we sort of the African professionals, but African men, and mm. we got a turnout of I think seventy people wanted to come, but we could only house fifty, okay. which was like forty more than who I thought would actually come. Yeah, and well, that's we, a good turnout. Yeah, it was it was good, and I think it was interesting because they could just have me as a resource, and they asked questions, and it was mm. sort of a Q and A panel, mm-hmm. and. One of the things where we get people to the door is to them, hey, listen, I work in this. Mm-hmm. And I think representation is really good. Very good representation, 100%. Because they see African guys, they say, okay, I trust this guy because he's maybe the same you know, region from the diaspora. Mm-hmm. But then this guy's talking mental health and he believes it. He does every day. So there's sort of some buy-in because mm-hmm. it's me who's talking. Mm-hmm. You know, where if I brought, say, a, a, a white psychiatrist, sure, they'll believe as a professional, he must know what he's doing, but if you don't see yourself there, mm-hmm. that's one thing. That's why representation is very important. Yeah, and also sometimes I do a bit of self-disclosure, so I go okay. to therapy, you know, yeah. and I've been going for some long-term therapy, and when I told this whole group, some people were like, why are you going to therapy? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and people, sorry, I should have mentioned the biggest misconception people have for therapy is that they think that they must be crazy to go. Mm. You know, they must. you must be so out of it if you're going to therapy. And really, people go from things like as small, in quotation marks, as they have got a bit of social anxiety to panic attacks to actually full-on um, suicidal thoughts mm. or drug and alcohol issues. So it's quite a... Anyone can go, mm. you know. Um, but having the discussions, giving people resources, mm-hmm. and actually encouraging people to read about it. Okay. Yeah. Because think about it. If, you, if I had to ask you, someone has diabetes... Mm-hmm. They have to take insulin, okay? Mm-hmm. And 
should they be having sugary foods and things like that? No. No, exactly. They have to watch their sugars, right? Mm. We know this. You have to have a good diet. Mm. So we know many very basic things for other medical conditions. If you've got high blood pressure, mm. you don't have too much salt. And it's just no common knowledge. Mm. When it comes to mental health, we don't have that same pool of common knowledge. Yes. You know? You sprain your ankle. Oh, put some ice on it. Let's mm-hmm. see. Do you know if you're ED? Raise it up. Yes. Like, you know. We know these things. For other things, medical problems. Yeah, but yeah. mental health, it's like, oh, this guy said he's feeling down. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to. Mm-hmm. He just needs to talk to someone or yeah. drink, drink or whatever. Go out. Yeah. Or like, you'll be right. Like that's. I feel like that's my fallback. Or like, it's okay. Like just. I don't, <laughs> like. Sometimes it's not always okay. Like. Oh yeah. That's... Just saying it's okay is like a blanket term that I kind of just. Hopefully <laughs> everything will be okay. But like you're saying, it's like if if we all got to a point where actually we had that you know basic common knowledge, like yeah. if you do need some help, here's how I can refer you to xyz yeah and it's actually very simple there is thing courses even called like mental health first aid which is just basic oh, no. knowledge of mental health and it's, we don't even need to go into the nitty-gritty mm. people don't have to become scholars know the neural pathways or whatever mm-hmm. they just need to know okay someone is stressed mm-hmm. and we know the different levels of stress if someone's stressed just for exam but he's coping he's still eating okay sleeping more or less okay that's that's one thing if someone's stressed and they're not going to school they're not waking up they're staying mm-hmm. at home they're drinking more alcohol then that's a that's a different th- yeah, level. Different kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I'm always like a what you call a Debbie Downer because some people say, What's the worst that could happen? And I'm like, suicide? Mm. You know? So you have to bring it back to something. The outcomes mm. can be quite Yeah, know, like big. if if you just, you know, ignore it. And I think that's also an issue in itself. Like you might think, Oh, okay, maybe I'm sad, but then if it like snowballs and you never really you know, oh, yeah. either talk about it or do something about it, then that's you know, can be very harmful, you know, long term. Mm. And I think we're used to that sort of somehow. What I what I always talk about in the community. Sometimes people are used to living with uh, poor coping mechanisms and trauma, and we mm. sort of accept it. Like, oh, that guy's just a drinker. Mm. That, we, we just we just normalized it. Mm. You know, instead of saying actually, this guy should maybe go see a GP. This guy should go maybe go to drug and alcohol counseling services. Mm. And there are lots of different numbers and things out there. Even if you just did a quick Google search, mm-hmm. but people think, oh no, he sh- he'll figure it out for himself, mm. or she'll figure it out. Um, I think one thing, only recently, I heard this recently at work, you know, just the importance of, you know, just listening. I think that's something that, you know, it seems so, it just seems so simple. Sometimes it's also a bit difficult, you know, to just sit there and be like, oh, wait, this person's actually needing you to just sit there and, you know, hear them out. Because sometimes we're all busy. Let's be real. Let's, you know. We're time poor. We're time poor. We're go, 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 go. But there is also value in like, Maybe sitting and maybe just, okay, what does this person have to say? And in doing that, you never know. You could be that one person who sat there for one minute yes. to help them out and just being there. Yeah, and that makes difference. It's almost like you don't need to have the answer, mm-hmm. but I think it's good if people know where they might redirect someone who needs the help, mm-hmm. you know, because no one's asking each other answers. Someone comes to you with, even let's say a friend came to you tomorrow mm-hmm. and said, I've got a, I'm, I'm addicted to weed mm-hmm. and I'm drinking too much. Mm-hmm. You know, in and of yourself, you think, okay, do I know any yeah, counselors who do this? Mm-hmm. You might not, but if you know that, you can refer them to GPs and lots of GPs are not to link people into services and get them, you know, Medicare subsidies. And so you don't have to pay as much and they know, they know the numbers. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have the answer, but you have to sort of direct them to the person who's going to connect them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always try to push my agenda. Like you don't have need to have answer, listen. Don't burn yourself out because everyone knows that if you listen to someone 
who's always stressing, always negative, it does burn you out. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you have to leave it to professionals because yeah. I think that's what people think like your job every day is to listen to people with mental health problems. Isn't that exhausting? And it can be, but you also have to look after yourself mentally. I have a supervisor, go to therapy. We just debrief amongst ourselves in the team. So you don't, I don't take it home with me. I don't, mm, I don't go home and think. Yeah, it's, it's very dangerous. And my early days I used to and used to stress me out. Mm. I would be going home and like, this guy's depressed. He's about to lose his marriage. Mm. And then like, he's about to get fired from work. How do we save work? Do I write a letter to his employer? Mm. To, you know, and you start overdoing it when really you can still help him that way. But say, oh, social worker can help with writing an advocacy letter for work. I'm going to do the medications. Maybe have a family meeting. We can do that. You know, so you, you, you have a team. Mm-hmm. So you can share the load. Yes. And that's yes. very important. Sharing the load, yeah. very important. Oh, I like that. I like that. Like, it's not always on you. Like, don't oh, no, always don't. carry everything. Or even just carrying everyone's burdens. I think that's also, you know, a big one. You know, worrying about a lot of people and also not thinking of yourself. Mm. There's a line, I think. <laughs> from like okay narcissism and it's like you're thinking about yourself yes. too much <laughs> but there is also you know that element where it's like you know self-care i know self-care has been such a big thing now yes like, it is prioritize yourself every now and then don't have forget. boundaries have bound mm. that is an excellent word yes boundaries i think it's you know we're all about sometimes you know more and more and more mm-hmm. and you know maybe it's a more western culture thing or wherever Right now, it's, like, very excessive. Like, you know, we got to have, you know, more likes on our, you know, oh, pictures. Yeah. We've got to have my, more stuff. We've got to have more. Instagram, no one liked that picture. Yeah. So what's made now is, like, that picture of my family, I'm going to just take it down, you know, actually. Yeah, and like, no one's, like, but it's, like, <laughs> you can sit there and just like the picture. And if one person likes it, great. If no one likes it, doesn't matter. So long as you like it. Exactly. You know? But it takes a while to adjust like that. It That's does. what I think. It's, I like the self-care movement. It's mm-hmm. good. You see it around. There's so many memes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then sometimes it also comes out like quite superficial. So it's okay. self-care works really well if, let's say, exercise, balance, you know, drink water, reduce alcohol intake, you know, do yoga, meditation. These things are all good. But then I think some people don't know what to do if it comes, you've got official mental illness, you've actually got a proper anxiety, you've got a panic disorder, mm-hmm. you've got an addiction problem. Because those things sometimes need a more stronger intervention, a more direct intervention, actually. Mm-hmm. So self-care, always good to be practicing. But sometimes when you're going downhill, you're going to need maybe a bit of extra boost. A bit more than, yeah. yeah. Although, yeah. Yoga's good. I tried it once. It was very fun. But also, <laughs> I got tired. I was just like, okay, this is a, a bit of a digression. Yeah, but I, I was like, I'm going to get really healthy. I'm going to try uh, yoga. Oh, yeah. And there was like this YouTuber. <laughs> and it's like she had like a, a program where it was like you do a little bit of yoga uh, for th- it's like a 30 day challenge of okay. like yoga and every day like, yoga 30 days every day okay. yeah so you do once a day every day for 30 days and I was like alright I'm gonna do it you know it's gonna be you know my attempt to you know be more healthy and I started off really strong and then like after like maybe like five days don't judge me okay yep. <laughs> yeah no yoga so interesting yeah. <laughs> but like after five days I was like Ooh, okay I don't know if I can keep this up but Tying it back to, you know, this whole discussion about, like, self-care and, like, mental health. How do you keep going? I think that's the thing. Like, how do you keep yourself, you know, if you are maybe going not... You've probably not hit, you know, really, really, really rock bottom. But, like, to maybe prevent Mm. yourself getting worse. Yeah. You know, exercise is good. But, like, how do you keep going? I feel like that... Yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, why do you keep it up? Your momentum. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Because it's because mental health is lifelong, essentially, yeah. right? And I think you have to actually sit down and ask yourself what 
things in that in these self-care plans do you like so for me i was the same as you i was thinking i should do some yoga mm. i went i tried i had a mm. good friend who would come pick me up because I'm, I'm lazy so someone had come drag me to, i'm lazy too yeah you know i'm going there i'm falling asleep you know the mm-hmm. yogi come and just uh, checks me like oh xavier wrong animal who touch you and twist you and i'm like oh mm-hmm. thank you it's very mm-hmm. intimate but okay mm-hmm. and uh, and it was enjoyable but it wasn't my thing mm-hmm. and then i realized that exercise does make me feel better but it works better for me if it's structured so i'm better okay. at going to gym where if I pay for a membership and I'm going to see a personal trainer or doing group sessions, because mm-hmm. I, I realize I like working in groups mm-hmm. or someone directing me. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you tell me, here's a gym, go do your thing. Here's some men's health reps. Mm-hmm. You can follow this. I'm, I can't do that. Yeah. And some people just like running. They like j- mm-hmm. jogging. And you have to redefine really what works for you mm-hmm. and try all the things. And I think it's easier once you find something you can stick to yes. to keep going with it. Yeah. And also having a real thought about when you are getting stressed, why are you stopping? You have to. You almost have to be very reflective. I think that's the good thing with mm-hmm. when you engage mental health services of any kind, with therapy counselor, you YouTube or you know, let's talk about mindfulness. And you have to think of how you are in the moment. You know, can you sit back and say, actually, I'm getting a bit stressed. So even when I was driving here, I remember thinking, oh, I'm getting a bit anxious. I'm going, what am I going to say? Suppose I mess it up. And then you have to take a deep breath and say, actually, I've been doing this for a long time. Got to trust the process. I've got Shazzy D here, you yeah, know, yeah. guiding me. I've heard the other interviews. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. It doesn't have to be a perfect interview. I just need to get across the message, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I guess for me, mental health advocacy. And we're talking about therapy for this session. But that's, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's it. And then I was calm. I found the parking spot and I just started walking up here, got my bottle of water and said, hey, let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. And I think you're doing really well. Oh, thank you very <laughs> much. <laughs> And it'll work well, yeah. And so um, as you keep talking, you're like, what other, you know, what kind of nuggets of advice, mm-hmm. okay, can you give to someone who might be thinking, okay, maybe, you know, self-care is probably not working at the moment. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe I just want to try therapy, see see if it's something I want to do. What advice would you give to them? Okay. First things first, if you are thinking about it, usually that means you probably should go. Okay. You should definitely give it a try. Because I find if you're definitely thinking about therapy, you've probably reached some sort of mental threshold where things... You just need to talk to someone who might not be mom or your friends, mm-hmm. you know, just someone who's professional and you can have more just privacy, mm-hmm. you know, because mental is very personal, you know. Um, and I think do some research. So I always tell people simple things. Beyond Blue website. Mm-hmm. If you go there, they've got quite a lot. I, I'd give other websites, but I think Beyond Blue is a very good starting point. Mm. Go and actually find out what is this therapy? Because mm-hmm. you, you, you don't know what it is. You just think you know what it is based on TV and yeah. friends or whatever. And it's probably not that mm-hmm. or it's some version of that but you know and in reality yes and another thing I found which is quite important is maybe figure out before you go what type of uh, sex you want the therapist to be ah okay yeah because I, um, I for a lot of men I meet the ones I seem to refer they're mm-hmm. like a older woman and you could argue whether it's like that maternal touch because mm-hmm. for me my therapist is an older woman, mm-hmm. you know, and she's from Africa. Um, so for me, I feel like, oh, we're connected in that way. Mm-hmm. Got that maternal thing. I listen to my mom, gives me advice. So it was okay. a very easy transition. If you give mm. me a male therapist, I still think you would be saying the right thing. But I, you have to know that for, for you, that might be a factor. And think about that. Interesting. But, yeah, that's a good piece of advice. And then go to your GP and they can actually tell you how the process works mm. and go from there. And you find a lot of GP practices now, they have psychologists in-house. Mm-hmm. So they say, like, actually, if we've got psychologists in-house, we can just book you in and... It's an easy process. So you, have to go to, you just go to the same practice. You don't have to go, you know, Redfern, Marrickville, and you live in another place, mm. you know? So it's, yeah, just go ahead, read up, and just give it a try. You have very little to lose, I think. 
And that is such a great way to end our very great interview. Thank you so much, Xavier, for coming in and having a chat with me. No, thank you. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yes. Pleasure.